Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucksters? What the fuckadelics? I'm Mark Marin. This is WTF. This is my podcast. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Everybody doing all right post-Father's Day? Did you call the old man? If he's alive, did you call him? Did you bury the hatchet for 15 minutes? I did. I called my dad, and uh, it was okay. It was pretty good. He was in a pretty good space. By the way, Neil Young is on the show today. I, I should I should get I should tell you that right now. It was a pretty uh, exciting day. It was a very nervous day for me. You know, Neil's one of those guys, man. He he was a giant. He he walked the earth when giants walked the earth, and he's still a giant. But he's an older giant. But he's Neil Young, and I was uh, I was a little nervous. I'll, I'll tell you about it in a second. I'll tell you more about that in a second. But I want to stay in this dad thing while, while I've got the emotions that are still kind of hot. Uh, I am recording this in the afternoon on Father's Day. And I had done something. Um, I had done something a couple of weeks ago. My, It wasn't even a couple of weeks ago. My dad wrote me an email that was a, a fairly concerned but overly wrought uh, somewhat paranoid and uh, quite um, uh, projecting email in the uh, in response to the tragedies of the uh, the last couple weeks, uh, the shootings and whatnot. And and it, I guess it was concerned, but for some reason I I misread it as a a kind of uh, feeding on uh, sadness and negative energy and projecting it onto me. And I react. I just reacted. I was feeling horrible that day, like everybody else, and. And I just shot back at him and I, you know, I, I just, I, I reacted in anger. I sent him some shitty emails and then a few days went by and I just couldn't live with it. And I felt bad and I emailed, I apologized. I emailed an apology and he said, thank you. I love you. And I'm all right. A lot of times when we get caught up in, um, in our own bullshit with our parents, they cease to have a life outside of that. They, you know, I don't know how empathetic I am with my father or my mother on a day-to-day basis because is that my job? I mean, where we, you know, it's hard to be empathetic with your, to, you know, to your parents' situation sometimes, or maybe that's just me. And it's sometimes it's hard for me to acknowledge, you know, that my father may have been out in the world doing, doing good things, 
or having an impact on other people's lives in a positive way and because you get so caught up with your own relationship. So out of nowhere, I get this email. The subject line is Father's Day. And uh, it just says, Mark, I'm not certain this email will ever get to you, but I've been wanting to send a few sentiments your way. And as we are coming up on Father's Day, I thought it especially appropriate to do so. Some 18 years ago, my son, Nathaniel, broke his leg in a high school football game in western New York. He was taken by ambulance to a nearby hospital in some forsaken little backwoods town. It became quickly evident that his injury was more severe than initially thought. In fact, he suffered from what is termed compartment syndrome, which often results in the loss of the limb because the swelling constricts the blood flow and amputation is often the only way to save a life. We had this doctor appear who was sarcastic, sardonic, funny, and absolutely wonderful. Without going into unnecessary details, his actions saved my son's leg and maybe his life. Now, 18 years later, my son is 36 and has just become a father for the second time this past week. After a very long recovery, he completed college, started a very rewarding career, and has become, most importantly, a wonderful father and husband. As you probably know, that doctor who saved my son was your father. I never assume anything about anyone else's relationships. Life is too... is. Life is far too complicated to think that my experience mirrors anyone else's, but I wanted you to know that your father's actions on behalf of my son helped to turn what could have been a tragic situation into something very positive. I am aware through the power of Google that your dad has ended his career in what appears to be a rather sour situation. I feel badly for that. All I know is that your dad did all he could to help my son during a critical situation, and without his help, I'm not sure my son's life would have worked out the same. I would appreciate you letting him know that we think the world of Dr. Marin, and we are fortunate that fate had us cross paths with him in that Warsaw Hospital that fall football Saturday. Finally, I do want you to know that I remember Dr. Marin mentioning to me that his son worked in comedy and thought it took exceptional courage to enter that line of work. When I first saw you perform on TV, I immediately made the connection. I'm not sure if you are a father or not, Mark, but as a dad, I know your father made a difference to my family, and I will never forget that. Thanks, Paul. In Knessis, New York. Well, thank you, Paul. Because sometimes, you know, I, I, I forget that my dad uh, did good things, and it's good to hear that. And as I get older and I get more emotional about things and a little more willing to let things go, it, uh, you know, that email choked me up. It choked me up again here. And I, I do want to, uh, to uh, send some love out to uh, all the fathers that are, are truly doing the best they can. And uh, that might not be enough for a while. At some point, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. I, I'm not a father, but I knew that I bit my father in the ass. And I continue to occasionally. When I called up to wish him a happy Father's Day, and we talked a little bit about the series of emails I sent that were uh, you know, nothing short of just snotty, abusive, fucking angry child crap. I told him, I said, I don't know, it was a hard day, it was a bad day, and I, I lashed out. 
He goes, yeah, that's what I thought. I go, yeah, I imagine you would think that because you do that too and we're both crazy. And he laughed and I told him I loved him and uh, I hope he had a good day. Here's the deal with Neil. You know, I, you know, I, 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 I love Neil Young and, and there's a, about a, a 10 or so records of his that I, I just, you know, they're uh, fucking amazing. And he's done a lot more records. He's done, you know, uh, like 50 records, a lot of records. Neil Young, the amazing thing about Neil Young is that uh, it never really gets old. It always is very transcendent. He's a true genius of the song, and he's a he's a kind of an intimidating character. And uh, I know he's not easy necessarily to talk to. I didn't know how it was going to go, but it was one of those days where, you know, Neil Young's coming over to the house. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm excited to meet him. I was I just I just didn't know if uh, if he was going to like me which you know I don't know how long you've been listening to this show but that it's better if they if they like me and I didn't know how it would go and I was nervous and uh, he came over and he had a little posse of 70-year-old dudes or so a little white-haired posse his manager Elliot and a couple other cats and it was one of those times where you know this happens very rarely but it happens where you know Neil walks in Looks at my living room, sees my Gibson 335, walks right over to it, picks it up, sits on the couch, fucks around with the guitar a little bit, looks at my stereo system, sees my records. He's saying, like, nice guitar. And uh, and on the table, the, his, uh, the, his new uh, Pono music uh, system, the, the little box that you can listen to Pono with is sitting there. And I, was pa- I was, had it all packed up to give it back to the guy because they told me I had to return it. And I told him, I said, well, I got to, you guys can take that, I guess. And Neil said, uh, no, no, let him keep it, man. I like him. Let him keep it. That's what he said before we walked out to the garage. Let him keep the Pono. I like this guy. And I'm like, okay, that's a good sign. That's a good sign. But uh, his new album, Earth, uh, comes out on Friday. And you can get that wherever you get music. But you can also you know, get it in that high resolution audio through the Pono Music Store. Uh, you can also get it on Tidal um but the the pono is pretty fascinating it's a pretty amazing thing and the new record's pretty interesting there's a lot of it like a lot of things going on i'll talk to him about it so uh enjoy this this uh this conversation that i had with neil sometimes i wish i paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all there are probably a lot of things i could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics but luckily for us there's a new podcast called the foxed page that dives deep into the best books of all time this is basically like the best possible college english class but more relaxed and fun no pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts young you want to wear cans or no i'll try it how's that was well, my changed my whole personality <laughs> you're a different guy now i am it's, it's, it was that easy know, i did a i oh. did a show once where uh the 
the DJ was talking to me. Yeah. And uh, and we were doing, I was doing this show, and this is like in the 60s or yeah. something. And he's talking to me, you know, and the show hasn't started yet. Yeah. And then just as it starts, he puts on his phone, <laughs> yeah. and his voice changed completely. Yeah. And I said to him right away, I said, you're like a completely different person when you put on those phones, it doesn't even sound like the guy I was talking to a minute ago. It's true, right? Yeah, but the, then, but that blew his mind that I said that on the air. And he quit? He quit right there. He <laughs> left. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah, he did. And then uh, Elliot and I were the only ones in the studio. We just played <laughs> records for about 45 minutes till somebody else showed up Is to it help true? Us. Yeah. So the guy freaked out? Yeah, he freaked out it and was, left. It was in the 60s? Yeah. So so he was probably high. And he was he probably was, like, it wasn't ready. It was right. me, it was me at some point in time where that was you know it made him feel you know anyway. You just you tapped right in. You oh saw his God. soul and he ran out. <laughs> Last day of work for that guy. So uh, oh yeah, but by the experience with the Pono, like we might as well start with that because I had an interesting thing happen. You know when when I to interview somebody like you was uh, to me I you know I freak out for about uh, a day or two. And before it, only because, you know, you have such a massive amount of productive work out there in the world. So I'm loading my head. And I just I thought it was interesting today and within the last two days, so many new things happened that I would never that would never have happened. I don't know how much time you spend on the computer, but like just because of the world we live in, you know, like, for instance, like I listened to expecting to fly for the first time this morning. And I'm and I'm a Neil Young fan, but I didn't know that song. I didn't I didn't have that in my head. That's an early right. It's Buffalo Springfield, and I listened to the Pono to the new record for the first time all the way through last night. So I got bookends. Yeah, the 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 experience. Both of them slightly psychedelic experiences. <laughs> yeah, Jack Nietzsche and I made expecting to fly that took like. Uh, about 30 days for us to complete it with Bruce Botnick, the engineer. We had a fantastic time. A lot of time mixing it with these old two boards and everything. Yeah, yeah. So it, wait, Jack Nietzsche did a couple Stones songs. He did uh, he did uh, Spectre stuff. You can't always get what you want. That's Nietzsche. Yeah. Now, wait, when you do something like that, when you work with a guy like that, how clear is that memory for you now? Very clear. Yeah? It's as clear as you right there. That's it. It's, uh, that's, He's right here. Yeah, and when you when you when you were setting out to do that, what was because you were creating a new sound? What was the collaboration like? How do you start to to go to that place? Well, you know, I was very young. Yeah, and uh, I think it was like uh, even was only the second Buffalo Springfield album. Yeah. I think. Yeah, that, that it, expecting to fly was on, and uh, you know he. He had just started talking to me about doing things myself and being, you know, a solo artist. So, uh, you know, I, I just listened to, to him. He's like a mentor. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's a genius. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And you he, knew that going in. He did incredible. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I knew everything he'd done. All of his, all of his yeah, yeah. charts that he'd written for various things, specters and stuff. That were just insane charts. Crazy. Yeah, that yeah. that whole crew back then was yeah. like nuts. Yeah, well, he was the architect behind the wall of sound parts. Yeah, 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 putting all the wrecking crew together. Well, I guess well, probably Spectre got the musicians and Jack, and then, but Jack wrote down all that stuff, and then I think it was Jack who said, "Well, we should have three gu guitarists playing the same thing instead of one." 
Oh, really? Yeah, and then it's you can hardly hear it on the record, but it's three of them, and it's just this massive wall. I mean, it's true. This is a sonic blast. Yeah, mono. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Mono flat, like the mono kind of flattens thing. Like it's interesting that the the difference is mono is actually better because it all's coming at you in the same time. Mono is the ultimate. Why is that? Well, because it's deep. Yeah. Stereo is distractingly wide. Right. And right, because right. of that, you don't focus on the depth. Right. Right. It's a little bit false stereo. Right. Because like when you listen to mono on the good system, you know, like it just floats in the middle. Yeah. And if you are listening in any room. Your stereo is your own ears bouncing off of the walls. and Yeah. But it's some one source, like, you know. Yeah. And, and the other thing I, I was doing when I, when I knew I was going to talk to you is I started sort of compressing people in mind. The other thing I listened to, I listened to Bert Janch for the first time oh, this man. morning. Oh, man. Isn't he great? It's great. Yes. And, I, like, it's an amazing world we live in that I can just discover that. Because a kid who I know, Matt Sweeney from Superwolf, yeah. he, he says, uh, you listen to Bert Janch. So I listen to Bert Janch. And then I start thinking about you as a kid in Canada. I start thinking about Bert Janch. I'm thinking about Link Ray. And I'm thinking about Roy Orbison. I'm trying to put my head together, like, wrap my head around, you know, what galvanized your head. Do you have an idea of that? Well, those guys are pretty popular. Yeah. You know, when I... Uh, uh, you know, Link Ray and Roy Orbison, all those people. I mean, that was great. It was great music. Yeah. You could, you could really hear it and feel it. And Link was just broke. That guitar oh, sound was just broken up, man. Yeah. Did you love that? Yeah. Yeah. And Roy. Rum- rumble. Rumble, right? Yeah. And then, and then uh, Orbison kind of had that sort of heartbroken, ethereal. That falsetto. But yeah. what a great range. Oh, my God. Right? Amazing. And wh- where'd you grow up? Uh, all over Canada. In Winnipeg a lot? In Winnipeg, Toronto, Omimi, uh, uh, Jackson's Point. Do you spend a lot of time up there still? Uh, no, not as much as I as I used to. I don't know what the future holds, though. Oh, yeah? In terms of... Uh, Canada's a cool place. It Canada is, man. Is cool. yeah. I've done some time in Winnipeg. Is it, Winnipeg's very flat. It's intense. Yes, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a little harsh. It's in the middle of everything that's that's missing yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it seems a little beaten up <laughs> it's got a lot of soul it does it man. does have a lot of soul and when you started like playing guitar what you know what was it who who was around i mean what were the what were the bands that you were you know playing with and lo- local guys canadian guys randy backman you like that guy yeah, right randy is cool guess who yeah, back when Turner Overdrive was called uh, Alan and the Silvertones. They were called when when we first listened. And he was always a pretty monster guitar player. Monster, exactly. Had his own sound. Had a thing going on. Had a had a tape deck up there, and he had tape repeat coming off the tape deck. Back then, yeah, back then, live on yeah. stage, just incredible sounding. So he was uh, he's sort of a wizard up there. Yeah, and he was just a kid. Yeah, he was just a young guy like me, a little couple of years older. And did you uh, did you, you have how many brothers and sisters you got? One brother, two, and and one sister. Yeah, and you you just grew up. Uh, Why did you move around so much? Um, well, my dad moved around a lot. Yeah, really a lot because he was a writer and he just kept moving. And uh, and then uh, when my mom and dad broke up, I I moved again with my mom. Yeah, and that was Winnipeg. And then I started the band and started playing. How old were you when that happened? Oh, 13 or 14. Oh, yeah? But you stayed in touch with your old man, right? Yeah. Yeah. What kind of writer? Uh, everything. Sports, human interest, yeah. uh, fiction. 
Did it inspire you? He wrote, he wrote hockey books about, yeah. about hockey players yeah. in high school and stuff yeah. like that. It was pretty cool. Were stuff. you a sports guy? No. Not at all, right? No, no. I mean. <laughs> it, you know, either it clicks in or it doesn't, right? It didn't click in for me. No, me neither. I don't know what the hell anyone's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I, I, there's enough of them doing it already, though. <laughs> they don't need us. No, they don't need us. <laughs> <laughs> so You got to go where you're needed. That's, that's right. Uh, yeah. That's it. They don't need me at the uh, arena. <laughs> they, they seem all filled up with guys <laughs> who are painting their face funny colors. I'm good. But music was it then. Oh, it was for me, yeah. And what was the uh, what was the first uh, rig you got? Uh, for my uh, for my uh, guitar, yeah, you know? yeah. I had a, ha- a Harmony Sovereign. Uh, was that uh, hollow it body? Was a hollow body. Well, it was a Monterey mm-hmm. Harmony. Mo- I think a Harmony Monterey. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a flat. T- it was a, like a um, uh, what do you call it? An F hole guitar. Right. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And I had a sliding Diarmon pickup on a on a thing that on I could track? slide back and forth right, on a yeah. track. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I plugged it into uh, our Seabreeze uh, stereo system. <laughs> <laughs> it just blew out those speakers. It was pretty harsh. It, it distorted quite a lot. Of course, it was like the, that was the <laughs> beginning mismatch. of it. <laughs> <laughs> and who were you like playing along with at that time? Where were you learning? Oh, I I, I didn't really play along with things. Yeah, but I I really listened a lot to. Uh, there was a couple of key things. Hideaway. Oh yeah, it was a cool track. The uh, Freddie King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and I really got into Jimmy Reed. Oh, oh yeah, that's who I really liked. Yeah, he leaves that open on when you go the turnaround. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. talked to uh, Keith Richards about him. I've talked to a couple people about him. Yeah, no, about Jimmy Reed. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sweet voice and that great guitar sound, Amazing. harmonica. Yeah, and you couldn't really tell who was playing what on those records. Right. Either, yeah, know? yeah. Like yeah, because uh, 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 Buddy Taylor. Uh huh. Was a guitar player on those records. Oh really? So I don't know if he's the one. One of them's playing like that, yeah, and the other one's you know doing the licks, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That that fucking drive, yeah. But that was usually was three guitars. It was three guitars. One of them tuned down, playing the bass. So no bass. One of them, I think. I I don't know whether Jimmy was playing the treble guitar, yeah, or, or playing the boogie guitar, right? Yeah, and, uh, and uh, no one there was an upbeat too that happened. Think, there was, think, if you listen right. to it, there's three guitar players, and I think his wife used to sit there in the room with him too. Yeah, you could hear her singing just yeah. before him, right? So he get the words. You know? he pr- yeah, she had to prime him, right? Yeah. I think it was a some issue with his sight. I can't well, remember. They worked really well together. It was a beautiful thing. Yeah. So when did? Um, when did uh, you meet uh, Stills? When did Springfield start? How did that happen? Do you mind going oh, through so, this stuff? Jesus. Uh, are you guys okay? No, it must be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you guys are good? Oh, we're great. I never know how yeah, well I you guys are getting along. along. No, I'm getting along great. Oh, good. Um, you know, no, I don't have any enemies. Oh, that's good. That uh, <laughs> I know of. Um, <laughs> yeah. We all want to assume you guys get along okay. You know? I think you should assume anything you want to assume. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's what I'm doing, you know. <laughs> like, I would It I, works. You know, I don't, like, there's a, you know, I kind of, like, I come into this, you know, not being quite as old as you, but, you know, like, revering certain people and certain groups of people. And, like, in my mind, it's hard when people fight. But, yeah, I, you well, know, that's you guys never have, fun. You guys have lives. That's not fun. I mean, you have relationships with these guys for, what, 50 years? Yeah, kind of. Well, Stills is longer than that. Oh, yeah? 
Stills goes back to like I think it's sixty three or sixty four. I'm not sure. When you were kids? Yeah, I guess we were kids. And uh, and you met before Springfield, right? Oh yeah, and at least a year before Springfield started. And were you guys playing together then? A little bit, yeah. You just kind of hanging around. Yeah. What do you got? Well, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Admiration for each other, what we were doing. He sang so great. Great voice. Wonderful. Yeah. You guys have such different perfect voices. Well, (laughs) they've been described in different ways. I I know that Stills' voice is is a great voice. Right. Crosby, too, right? Yeah, he's got a... Oh, he's a great singer. Yeah, and it's weird because his voice doesn't seem to ever change. Like like all you guys. I don't know how you... How'd you keep your chords so nice, man? Is Mm. that a... Is that you on no, top of that? You might or? have to check yourself out. No, I oh, don't really? know if your analysis of the situation is accurate. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I hear this record. You sound good. You, what do you do? You have to. Is there things you have to do to take care of that thing, or do you think about it? No, nope. just let it go. I think it's about you know being healthy. Yeah. Try to be in good shape. Stay strong. Yeah, yeah. And that just happens naturally. Well, you got to work at it, but it happens. What do you do? What do you do to take care of yourself? Uh, well, you know, like this morning, I got up and I walked. Uh, I walked on the beach for three miles. Oh yeah. And I, uh, you know, a lot of times, like five times a week, I I have Pilates. (laughs) Do you? Yeah, I do. You get best thing I ever did. Do you get on the machine or just do the laying flat? I I do all the thing, whatever they say. Tightens you up. It's great. It makes you feel your body. The and core. your body starts to move, and you can use it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good for you. And you, do, I, I enjoyed it. You have anyway. a trainer that does it. Comes so in. There's several of them. I mean, I just yeah. keep coming. And uh, you and got off the booze great. too, huh? Booze? Yeah. No, I'm, I still drink when I feel okay. like it. Oh, good, good. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, everything in moderation. You know, even moderation should be taken in moderation. How, how long did you take to figure out the moderation <laughs> trick? I still haven't got it yet. I no. don't have it. All right. How about you? you, you I think you're doing okay. I'm off. Uh, I don't do nothing. I what do about a, coffee? Coffee. A lot of coffee. <laughs> and, I, and I do these nicotine lozenges. Oh, what do they do? They're basically nicotine candy. Oh, they, so instead of smoking, yeah, you have I get a little, the, Did yeah. you do that to stop smoking? I, I don't know. Like, I think that might have been the intention, but then I just decided, well, these are pretty good. Are they, they, and will they get, what do they do? Do they get you a little bit jacked? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do, they, they do the same thing as nicotine does. You know, if you, if you hit it just right, you're not, jacked. If you but, go too much, you're down. No, and you're in trouble, but it doesn't hurt your lungs. No, does nothing to your lungs. I don't know what's doing to the other organs. How, how many of these do you take a day? I don't. I don't keep track. No, do you, how many packages do you go through? Well, no. These are, these will last me a couple <laughs> weeks. I get three. Oh, that's tubes. good. No, no, they get oh, three. three of you these. get three tubes. Yeah. that'll last you a couple of weeks. But no one has told me that they're bad for me. No, yet. no. Wait a minute. How many? Two, how many are in each tube? Twenty-four, and I split Let's them. Get mathy. I break them. I break them in half. So I got fifty-two doses in each fifty. In each no, one. forty-eight. In each, in each one. And there's three of them. There's the, That's 150 approximately. No, I break one in half. And then I do it. And that, you know, I sit here so and So that's I sweat. 150 halves. Something like that, approximately yeah. Approximately, maybe yeah. 142 right, or something. Right, right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I just three write weeks, it up. Let's see, three weeks. Yeah. I, yeah, just, I, I, I do cheap, get, I get mathy. If I go into a certain place, I have to do the math. Right, you break it down? Yeah, I just, and I don't stop till I'm finished. You've know, you got to ride the equation all the you way gotta through. You've got to go all the way. But I think <laughs> we're drop, we can drop that one. You know. <laughs> all right. People that were interested, they can figure out where sure, we we're going. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll get tweets of people going like, I know the number. <laughs> Why don't you talk about other things? <laughs> what are you talking about math yeah, with yeah, Neil Young yeah, for? Right, right. Well, you know. Do you have a place down here? 
Yeah, in I LA? live down here. Yeah. Oh, you live permanently down yeah, here? Yeah, I do. But you still have the ranch, right? No, it's gone. No, it's it's still there. I but, just I'm not there. Oh, when did that happen? Uh, a couple of years ago. Do you uh, do you miss it? Uh, no, I really don't. I I was there for a long time, and it was great. It was always a wonderful, beautiful place. Yeah. But the planet is so huge, and there's so many beautiful places. You you really deprive yourself if you stick yourself in one place and go, this is mine. I have to stay here and take care of it. Right. No, there's more to it than that, I think. So where where are you? So you're down here, like, by the beach, then? No. (laughs) You're around. I'm around. I get it. I'm in the hills. Okay. Back in the hills. Yeah. You've returned. You've come full circle. Yes, I have. So when you so you did the it's it's hard to do like obviously a, a whole history but I like to get a sense of like when, when you first came to Los Angeles, uh, you know that was in the late sixties, right? Sixty six, April Fool's Day. With and that was with Springfield. No, that was just before Springfield. Oh yeah, I was with uh, Bruce Palmer, the bass player in the Minor Birds that. Uh, Rick James's band. Yeah, yeah. When we broke up and Ricky went to jail and. Uh, you know, we uh, we broke up, and then Bruce and I decided to take a shot at L.A. to see if we could get a band going down here. So that was R&B that you were playing A little bit time? of that, yeah, sort yeah. of, kind of funky uh, thing. But we had a little bit of Stones, Rolling Stones. We yeah. played a few of those songs. And I was writing a little with Ricky, and, uh, you know, and so was uh, uh, one of the other guys in the band was writing, too. So we, we had a good time. Great band. Yeah, really good band. And then that's when you moved down to uh, Topanga, or that was later. That was later. We we got moved right down here. I think we right came, came right to Silver Lake. Oh, what was that like then? It was different, but it was the same. Yeah, still pretty. It's a great place. It is a great place. Yeah. And what was the scene like? I mean, what was it? How like how competitive were you? What were you looking to do? No, just start a band and write songs and play songs. You know, I'm not a rock star thing. I'm not so sure about that. But you just want to play music. Well, hell yeah. We wanted to be in the best band in the world, you know, to yeah. get something going. Yeah, and and who were the people that you were meeting at that time? I well, mean, we were you... looking for stills. Yeah, and oh, you knew he was down here? Yeah, I knew. We got to track him down. Yeah. <laughs> and you found him? Yeah, we did. Yeah, and then uh, and then that became Buffalo Springfield. Yeah, he found us, actually. We were leaving. We were, oh, we were going to San Francisco in our in the hearse that I had, and yeah, and we were heading out of town. I had Ontario plates, and when you saw me when we met year, yeah. a couple of years before, I had a hearse with Ontario <laughs> plates. It was a different one, yeah. But uh, he, he just you know you don't see that that often. No, no, not that. The, and uh, so they caught up with me. And yeah, there were a couple of guys in the car. They actually tracked you down in the car. Yeah, they stopped us right on sunset how many leisure hearsts are there with Can- oh, canadian plates that's got to be uh that's got to be <laughs> gotta a be rare new. item yeah, yeah. got to be new in that car <laughs> that's right so he tracks you down and then you guys you 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 start buffalo springfield yep and then you you knock out a couple of great records yeah and then you meet jack nishi and you start doing you start thinking about solo yeah, I know. I was, I, yep, I was already. I didn't think I'd uh, dropped out of the band already once. Yeah, and that's when Jack and I started hanging out. Then I went back with the with the band for a while until finally the band kind of broke up. How does uh, that happen with bands? Is it is it an aggressive thing? Is or just sort of a go your own way thing? Yeah, you know, I was like twenty something years old, a very yeah. young guy. I had yeah. no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I can't be responsible for that. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no one was no blaming idea. you. No one was blaming you. <laughs> no, but I just did what I felt like doing, you know. Right. And at that time, did you find that, you know, were, is it usually a musical issue? Like, you know, I, I have a, 
I want to go this way. You guys want to go that way? No, or? no, not at all. I just think that uh, it was uh, one of the things that I didn't like, and we got into quite a deal about was the uh, uh, what's that uh, a Johnny Carson show? Yeah, you know, yeah, shows like that. Right. They wanted yeah, to do them. Yeah, and I I didn't really like that. I didn't like playing on TV. And uh, did they make you lip sync? I didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. At first we did. We did a couple like yeah. that, and finally. Fuck it. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Wait, it was was it just the expectation or the showbiz element or the selling element or what you know, what, what is it just exactly about that? All of those. Yeah. <laughs> all well, of the you above. mention those three things. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah because that because that's something that you've kept with you. That that is something that you know, that belief system is You know, in I place. always feel better when I don't do that. When I don't when I, you know, when you don't feel like you're, well, you know, I just don't want pitching to and hustling. I, I really don't like, you know, I don't know. I'd rather play for people live, yeah, in a place that was for music, yeah, where you could really play loud, right? And there wasn't people in front of you, and right, right, moving around, going, yeah. "Can we stop? Can we stop? Yeah, Can we stop yeah. the song?" Yeah, and yeah. I think back then a lot of them lip synced, didn't they? I mean, it was, yeah, they, oh yeah, no, there's they got lip sync copies of me doing things. Is it? Yeah. Do, do, how do you feel about those in retrospect? Are you sad that they're out there? Or? Well, they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> you get a kick they're out very of funny. I don't know who that guy is, but he was okay. Yeah. But that that idea of of you know having a space where music is supposed to be played, and you know, I only can relate to it similarly in in stand up. That you know, there's places where stand up's not supposed to be done. You know, you do it where you're supposed to do it, where it's you know, best received, where it's the you have yeah. control of the environment. Yes. Yeah. Well, there, there's there's all these different interesting, you know, sort of you know waves of, of of what you're doing, and like you know, I was when I first listened to the new one with the mixes, you got a live concert, and then you integrate these animal noises, and at first I'm like, Wait, what's happening? But then, like, it sort of started to, you know, level out. And, you know, and I was surprised that initially I thought, well, is this going to be hokey? But then I was sort of like, no, this makes complete sense. That, you know, like, the bees, When it's sad that when you hear bees, you know, on either side of a uh, anti-Monsanto song, it's sort of heartbreaking. Well, you realize, you know, we lost 30% of the bees last Christmas or last, last winter. 30% uh -huh. decline in bee population here. And bees really hold everything together, you know, they're yeah. very important. So in conceiving a record like that, which I, I guess, you know, would be something experimental, I mean, was this, uh, whose idea? What's the, the, the think on that? It just was no think, it was just, don't, I, we had, I, I had a meeting with my uh, co-producer, John yeah. Hanlon, uh, who's my engineer, yeah. who recorded a lot of the stuff. And I said, listen, I just want to do an album. It's going to be a studio album. We're going to be full on in production, which I haven't done in years and years yeah. and years. I haven't made a real record in many years. I've yeah. only made records of performances of things right. in the studio. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, and but this is a real record where anything we want to do, we can do. We right. can do anything. Use and any trick. Any. Nothing is too cheap for us. We right. will do anything. And there can't be rules about oh, it's a live recording. So right. You, you want to do this? You want to be honest about? Right. It. No. Yeah. So we started like that, and then and then uh, we put the songs together, and they started talking to me like uh, these songs. I can hear animals, and I can hear, I can hear things in the audience. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I could hear it. I've heard it before. You know, I've heard these sounds before. Yeah, uh, it, you know, just in my head, listening to live tapes that I've made over the years. 
And I go, God, that sounds like a dog barking in the background, or it sounds like, you know, wolves or something. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually people yelping and carrying on. Right, right, right. So I added those in just to see what would happen, and I went, wow, I really like that. It's like they're all here. Yeah, yeah. So I created this picture. It's an audio. It's an ear movie. Yeah, right. It's an ear movie. You close your eyes, and you can go away for... 98 minutes it never stops right it's something's you know. continuous there's yeah, a, it it's is. not music yeah. there's yeah. there there's the sounds of audience integrated with animals and it's yeah. all and, and also you had the freedom of this this new bandwidth this new file this new range was part of the uh, impulse for this right yeah well you know we have we created you know the work that we created we captured at its highest level the way it was in the 60s and 70s and early 80s and the 50s even it, that kind of audiophile quality that right. everyone heard right that's the way we recorded it and uh in and that's so we were able to capture the whole thing and the only thing that we did that we couldn't do then was it's long and it's like a movie but you don't have to stop yeah you know, uh, on the on the master file, you listen all the way through, and the only the CD has got only one break. I mean, there's two discs, and it stops in one place, and you got to put it on the other disc. Right, and isn't the idea of the of the Pono though to to sort of engage the 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 depth of that sound that we the idea of of Pono is to give you exactly what was created. Yeah, without putting anybody's intellectual property uh, device on, like MP3, right, or right, the new MP3, whatever it is. Yeah, that, that encoding, high res compression, and, right. Yeah, encoding and compression. We don't have any of that. Yeah, and we just have a excellent playback system. Uh, in the player yeah uh, you, you can listen to it on other players but our player was voted best in the world by stereophile yeah I so like it. we we got a great sounding player you know it's made by a genius guy who really hears and you know we found him and he made the player for us and it's really so great long time in the making this yeah thing. yeah so it all sounds really good if you really like good pure files of the music you love whether it's old or new that's uh that's what we sell at phonomusic.com. And what about this the band The Promise of the Real? There's a new band for you, right? The last They're few great. years. Yeah. You and those Willie Nelson's kids are in that one? Yeah, a couple of them are in there. Yeah. So the pedigree of the band is really great and uh everybody's sensitive to the music. They respect it. It's been their whole life. Are there any old They're guys? Serious, or are you just guy? me. Yeah. And uh but you know, I feel really good in there. I feel like um, safe and also no fear. Yeah, uh, and they have no fear. Yeah. that's the key ingredient in love. Yeah. yeah, no fear. Well, that was the interesting thing in 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 the in the movie, it, not in the movie. See, so now you got me calling it a movie. Well, you know, it is a movie. If you close your eyes, you went to a lot of places. I, I did go. You to remember a, Bram Stoker's Dracula? Did you ever see that one with the uh, Coppola film? Yeah, yeah. Remember when the bat was flying down the street? And it yeah. was like some old, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you saw like it yeah. was a, a, a the image of what the bat was seeing. Yeah, yeah, of course yeah. The bat can't see. Right, right. But, but that was what oh, yeah. was interesting. Right, so yeah. that was the impetus for doing this record because right. you're hearing things, and you can't see them, and you're going from place to place. I mean, you're playing all over the world. I mean, you're going to the bottom of the ocean, downtown New York. You're yeah. going out in prairies. You're oh, that's in right. Brooks, yes, you're you're in barnyards. Or you're everywhere. Right. You and go everywhere around Earth yeah. during the record, and the music is like a, a break from the traveling. Right. And so you you just get meditative kind of in there. It's trippy, you know? man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> far out. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the interesting thing is, like, fearlessness is, uh, is the core of love. Yeah. Being open. 
And like it, it, there was, it, there was this. There's two songs on there, the the hippie song, the hippie dream, which is 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 sort of like you know drawing a line between the hippies that are still fighting and the hippies that have given up in a way or surrendered to comfort or whatever it is that they surrender to. Right. But the dream of of you know change and love is still real and still something that has to be fought for. So that's that's one of those Neil Young songs where you, you're sort of like, uh, you know, you fuckers quit, <laughs> right? <laughs> Somebody did. <laughs> but not you. <laughs> Apparently not. Right. And then there's the idea that, you know, this idea that, um, that love, like the, because like there's something about that hippie ideal that was a fashion that that you you, you know because there's another song on there that that is basically a somewhat of a, of a direct or satiric attack on people that just want music about love yeah and 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 here we're saying that love is really what can conquer and what can win mm-hmm. fearlessness and that's a, a love that's got a little fight to it yeah. yet the sort of trite love of uh, love songs yeah. or, or generally I, I imagine you're you're talking about pop music in well, a way, you know, I'm just talking about people uh, who don't want to hear yeah. uh, uh, a confrontational message. They don't want to hear uh, 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 no fear. Yeah, they don't want to hear about certain things. Yeah. they just want to hear about love. That's what they want to hear about. That'll relax them because pretty soon, you know, like they really need to get away. I mean, you know, that's they put on the radio. They don't need to be attacked. Right, uh, right. So right. they're feeling that way because the rest of the world is not really. Uh, you know, maybe they don't feel great about the world, so they want to get out of the world and just go to music. And escape. But, but, you know, unfortunately, living in that musical space is people like me. I mean, I'm there, and there's a lot of people like me that want to sing about things that, that they care about. And so the song started from, from you know, I was playing my songs from about anti-corporate yeah. uh, songs and all these things, and and uh, somebody just, uh, you know, I got the message, you know. Yeah. Like, People want to hear about love. That's what they want to hear. <laughs> you know, I'm going, well, I don't give a, you know, I care. You know, uh, I, I sang about love already. Yeah, you know, only love can break love. your heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I sang about all the many aspects of love. And quite recently, I did an album called Storytone. Yeah. That's all about love. Yeah. And, you know, that was only a couple albums ago. And I'm going, what, does this mean that I have to only do that? Right. And, uh, and, and you know, I can't talk about uh, things like, uh, you know, the dangers of different things yeah, and yeah. and incongruous Mutant things that are seeds, happening. War, yeah, pollution, war, pollution, corruption, uh, oil mining, corporate government. Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, those you things. I I just I think they're interesting. You, but you still you still have people that have those that that confront you with that stuff. Like they that come up to you and go like, "Where's the old Neil?" It's like, yeah, which right. one are you talking about? Yeah, really? I, where's the old Neil? But that's one of the things about this record that'll let uh, when they when they go to Earth and they and they want to take that trip through there. Yeah, they, the oldest song on there is a uh, forty five years old from uh, which one? Uh, which one? After did you the put gold yeah, rush. Yeah, yeah. So. Even in the middle of that song, even though it's a live version with, but it's live in a different way, it's a living version. Right. Uh, it has uh, the original uh, French horn that was on the real record from nineteen. You pulled whatever it from the tape. I took the whole master and I just re, uh, I just dropped it into this live one. Uh-huh. It's just seamless and covered it with a few things so that people could feel the space and traveling and. 
that's, that's what the whole record's about. So that's a little disorienting when you hear that and you hear these these beautiful voices, the corporate harmony singing along with After the Gold Rush. It's like there's something a little edgy about it uh, in a way that it's it's so sweet. Well, right. And it's just so nice. And But it's, but it's, it's not. Wait a minute. It, underneath there, yeah. this, that's some Neil Young shit in there. <laughs> So what the, is that? the corporate harmony, the what are you, the vanilla corporate yeah, harmony, yeah, the vanilla singers, the corporate harmony. So but obviously talented and and sound great, but there's fantastic. A, but there is a joke to it. Well, you know, there's just uh, I motivated them and I said, listen, you really got to sell this. Yeah, this is great stuff. Right. You know? this uh, you know you got to think how cool some of these things are that you're you know like. How optimistic you should sound when you sing Exxon. You know? Right, it's yeah. It's really great stuff. Yeah. It's 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 energy. It's it's. Uh, but you're people but, need it. You have to have this. I mean, you know, here you, we are. You directed them. Yeah. I, and, oh, sell this. Sell these concepts. You know, Monsanto. It's a right. beautiful sounding name. Right. So make it sound like a beautiful day. I mean, right, make right, it sound. Right. You know. So I. It's a, it's, I, it's a satirical device done beautifully. Well, they're great uh, commercial background and commercial jingle singers, the best in L.A. Oh, that's who you got? Yeah. <laughs> they're the best ones. I mean, you know, I know there's other ones that are really sure. good, but these ones we got are, are, are yeah. you know, the best that we could get together right there. I love it. They're really excellent. So they sing so perfectly and so in tune, and they're obviously so much more accomplished technicians. Yeah. So the idea was to play them against the the message of truth. Well, you know, the idea was that they they played against the promise of the real, mm-hmm. and they're in the image of the record. Uh, they're there on stage with with us, and we're playing, and the animals are cheering, and yeah. every once in a while, the animals come on stage and do a breakdown where there's just the bass and drums and animals. Yeah, you know, so it's like, and and they're good with they're good with the band. They're they're always right there. You know, they yeah. never miss. Right. So. And they just show up when they want to. But floating in among all of the image of the band on stage and the animals in the audience and sometimes on stage yeah. is this hologram of these vocalists. Yeah. And they're perfect. And they're just so great. So this is a very, this is, this is it's almost like, you know, everything that you've sort of been working towards and playing with, you know, coming together in one big fucking mix. It kind of is. Yeah. And and I like when you were talking about the French horn, there's when, when you say traveling, there's a time travel element that the one thing that music affords you outside of any messaging is a really the only time travel machine that yes. we really have. It's that's really reliable. Good. It's a good one. Yeah. And like and that, that's what's curious to me about this relationship, which is probably the longest in your life you have with that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a good one. Right. But like, you know, like, you know, I can tell I'm projecting it onto you, but you, you respect the, you know, the history of things and you, you, you understand the magic of things and also the, the, the depth of, of what, what an object that, that makes music can do. Right. Cause that organ, what is that organ on that record? On mother earth, the organ is, it's a pipe, a pump organ. An old one. Yeah. You got it in a junk shop. And what's that? Uh, you but you've used other organs that are like old timey ones, right? Mm-hmm. But that one was that's as old as yeah. I used a organ on uh, Country Girl, and I've been waiting for you also yeah. a long time ago. But that was from 
That was in Glendale, a huge organ in a yeah, yeah. church building. You went and you recorded yeah, there? Yeah, recorded it there, yeah, yeah. But this one is just a pump organ that you I can play and sing at. Uh huh. So that was live. We did that that way. And, and the, it, it, but the guitar, what, what is it, uh, do you, when you, because that guitar has gone through a lot of shit. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> it has. And what, you play a few guitars, but you're not a guy that's got 90, are you? Well, I got a lot of guitars, but I, I you know, I just get guitars because I like them. Yeah. Usually for for writing. Right, but when you go on stage, it's only a couple, right? Yeah, I play two or three on stage. You play that big Gretsch? Yeah, sometimes I'll play that. And that black Les Paul. What is the story on that Les Paul, man? I got that guitar from Jimmy Messina. Uh huh. He traded. I think it was a trade. Yeah. Uh, something to do with. Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was a trade. It's kind of hazy. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, and I got that from him, and uh, it was a gold top that someone had shellacked with black paint. It was black, and it had a lot of uh, finished ivory put around it, and you know, yeah, uh, all kinds of stuff. And then it was half fallen off, and yeah, and it was still a couple of pieces of it left. Yeah, <laughs> and you, did, you, did you just maintain it? No, no, just no, let it... just let it be what it was. Yeah. I mean, uh, Larry Craig, my guitar tech, maintained yeah. it for me, and still does. I mean, he does the. He does the real lion's share of the work on it. But going back a little further into the the time travel thing, that thing you did with Jack down in Nashville in the the Story Tone album. Yeah. yeah. In the machine. That's literally a time travel machine. Oh, that voice yeah, that, that was, what's that called? That album was called still, A Letter Home. Oh, yeah, Letter yeah, Home. Yeah, and that's, yeah, that was a, yeah, voiceograph. Yeah. And you just did that because you thought it would be interesting to do it in the voiceograph? Yes. Yeah. It was kind of, and it was all covers. Yeah. Some of them by guys you knew. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to make a record that sounded as old as the songs that I was singing. Yeah. And, and, and it really does sound like they were, you know, in some cases you listen to it and go, wow, maybe that's like from before when the record yeah. came out. You know, it's so old sounding. So it's it's unique in that respect. I, I thought it was a very, uh, very rewarding project. And he did two uh, Gordon Lightfoot songs. Yeah. Did you know him coming up? Uh, yeah, I met him a few times. Yeah, yeah he's, he's really, Canadian, right? He's a really good guy, yeah. Yeah, he wrote some good songs, huh? He's written some great songs. You know, Dylan thinks he's one of the very best ever. So when you were, like, you know, when you starting, because there seems to me to be something that, you know, like, here, here, this is how I work, because I heard about your, your issue with Setless. This, this, is, this is what it looks like, uh, of what I wanted to talk to you about. It's a yeah. fucking mess of yeah. words that I'm going to come at it like a collage. Uh like I, I wrote here, just I wrote the sadness and anger that floats eternal, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like because there's a quality to your music that it it doesn't ever date itself, Neil. <laughs> like it's better than time travel because if you put on most of your records, you know, uh, outside of you know some production elements later, but it, there's no time to it. It's timeless. Do you feel that? Well, I just um, I, I try to be really into it. Right. While I'm doing it, and you know, then let the let that all happen. You know, whatever it is, I can't. I don't think about it that way. I'd really think about each day and each performance and each song as a unique thing. That and that's where I put my energy. Right. How do you? What's your writing process? There isn't one. It just comes to you sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I just get it. I'll put down anything to finish a song or to do something if I have an idea. Yeah. Whatever I'm doing will be second. So I always have learned that. If you're going to do something, uh, you know, and you have a musical gift, it's like you have to accept the gift. 
It's not like if I'm sitting there thinking of what I'm going to do, I'm fucked. Yeah. Okay. That's all. That's not it. Right. Right. That's not it. You know, you were, if you get something that comes to you, that's it. Grab it. Don't do anything else. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, stop and go and, and follow whatever that idea is. Yeah. And that's how I write. Something that connects with your music is 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 very is heavy hearted. <laughs> yeah, know. but I'm I'm a happy guy, really. Is, is, do you I'm not I'm not I'm not an unhappy person. No, no, you're sure. right. I but mean, do you, you look at me, you can see that I'm here. And, yeah, uh, and I'm I'm doing okay. I know. So the thing is that the do world you, is not quite there. There's right. things going on in the world that are that people don't see. Yeah. And there's a lot of damage being done, and we don't see it. And that, so that, that makes me a little heavy-hearted. Right. That, that, it, that it seems so hard uh, to get the message out. And it's so hard to actually, even with the technology we have today, it's so hard to get through the murk of the technology. I mean, uh, I know this is a podcast. Yeah. But, you know, for listening to music... It's it's very degraded. It's less than five percent of what uh, you heard on the Pono player. But, but when you go, but when you do like, um, you know, s- stuff from you know all the way, f- you know, from the first record, you know, through uh, Zuma, which is like for some reason that's like out of all, all your records, I listen to Zuma a lot. I was walking on Zuma this morning. You were? Yeah. You listening to it? No, just the walking. beach. <laughs> yeah, listening to the ocean. Yeah, 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 and the seagulls. But did you feel this pressing idea that there was something, uh, some darkness afoot, you know, all your life? Not depression, but that, you know, the tone of what is unknown is is somewhat menacing? It's there. Always been there. You've got to, you know, recognize it. Yeah. You can't ignore it. It's just, you know, no fear, yeah. love, no fear. But did these fears, I guess what I'm trying to get at, this, the, that what people are afraid of, you know, that what you've sort of been through, you know, in your career, you, you know, that you, they, they were always sort of the same in the 60s. You know, just, now it's what they're not afraid of that bothers me. Like what? Well, the, the, what's going on in the climate, what's going on in the environment. The thoughtlessness. What we're doing yeah. to the world, the right. amount of... of, of animals sure. and living things that are are just going away we are not seeing what's going on the insects are threatened they have 10% of the fish in the ocean that we had when i wrote after the gold rush yeah yeah we've lost 90% it's crazy but there's three times more of us than there were then so you know you just got to look at it don't do the math we're doomed it's ugly we're doomed so but no we really it's more than a word it's yeah. more than something to say or to make a quick joke about. Not that you're joking about it, but people do. Yeah. That's what they do when they hear someone say something like this. It's like, oh, oh you know, what are you oh God, do? Neil is just, you know. <laughs> he's out there, Yeah, man. he's out there. He, hey. he, he, what is he looking at? Crazy you know, old hippie. I got this stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, I got this stuff. It's going to make everything okay. So I say, break it out. Let's try it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> break out that stuff that can make it all good. Yeah. There's an urgency to it. For you. Yeah, there is. For the, um, at least the past decade, a very specific urgency around war um, and seeds and, you know, people and pollution. We just have to keep a uh, keep a record of a point of view, you know. That's that's what I'm trying to do. Keep a record of a point of view of what's going on because this is the times. These times in the history of what's going on in the world right now, they're going to be looking back at this. Hopefully. As, well, that was the, yeah, well, 
not in the too distant future. Yeah. But they'll be looking back at this going, wow, you know, during this time, so many things could have been done to keep what it is that we now only have pictures of. Right. And uh, and what do we read about? But, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Mother Nature is incredibly strong. and Yeah, it'll it, adapt. We yeah, might not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We might not make it. Yeah. Mother, Mother Nature will be will. fine. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I think we're going to make it. I really do. No, I, I do don't too. feel like a dark. I don't feel dark. I feel like Earth is just mistreated. And I think it's, uh, you know, you just have to keep pointing it out and maybe people will want to make a change you know want to eat food that they know is cleaner and better for the earth we'll yeah study the way things are done well sadly with humans it seems it's something fairly catastrophic and very you know uh more more than just a gradual erosion of climate or or uh, that something horrible has to happen that's tangible to most people all at once yeah you would think that something like hurricane sandy would have been that Mm, not but big enough. It really enough. wasn't big enough. No, no, no. no it's, it was not as big. And as even it. the biggest thing that happens. Yeah, you know, it's hard to say. You know, climate change is one of the great profit centers. Yeah, and uh, you know, that's well, the they way don't a lot not, of people look at it like that's going to be some good business coming out of it. I that. think that's true, and I think that's disturbing. Is that like you know the free market can absorb and accommodate this, and there's going to be a big business in these environments that need yeah. to be created. Yeah, where people can breathe. Imagine nice. the money. Solar power. That would be so good. That solar power would be easy. It be, would be easy. But no, but that's not as big a business as uh, enclosed cities. <laughs> There's the big business, Neil. That would be, wouldn't that? What an air conditioner that would have. <laughs> oh, be. yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know. Yeah. I think it's going to work out one way or the other. I do, too. Can we talk a little more more about the old days? Sure. Whatever. I'm okay. I'm. Uh, You're all right? I'm in your garage. Yeah, this is okay, it. Let's let's do what you want to do in here. It's well, nice. Thank you, man. It's a nice place, folks. There's a lot of clutter. There's here. a lot of clutter in here. A lot of nice. A lot of good books. Uh, there's I I see uh, the the something doctrine, the school doctrine by Naomi Klein right there. Oh, that yeah. Have you read that? No, I haven't. You know, I'm not an avid reader. That's the I, shock I, doctrine. I, that was the oh the, the shock doctrine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right up uh, your alley, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a lot of interesting things in here. But when you did, like, when you did, like, um, and I, I know you've gone over this stuff before, but to track what you're saying, that, you know, this history of consciousness, when you when you were able to turn around the song Ohio to really actually, you know, come out in a short enough time that was relevant to the time that that shit was happening, there was an urgency that you feel now that's the same back then. In well, the, there's no way to, if something happened and we wrote a song about it, there's no way it would come out. Right. It's just just nowhere to play it. Oh, now, now, right? Now you'd play it, right? Uh, if you heard it, but back you then, might not know what happened, right? Though, because be it year. never would be on the radio. People wouldn't be talking about it because radio and TV and all the media and everything's all controlled by a certain amount of people and corporations. There's, before it used to be many, many people doing this. But the Telecommunications Act in 1996 or something yeah. made it possible for corporations to own all the media. So it's six companies. Well, but in, uh, it's also fragmented. It's a divide and conquer media landscape. Back then they were corporate owned, but there was only five of them. They, it was uh, intimate. You know, it was always corporate owned, but at least like they were like uh, uh, on the pulse enough to go like, well, I think the kids like this music. And, yeah. you know, we'll and there were had people working for them that could make their own minds up. That's right. That was part of the way they did it. Those were the days when people could make their own decisions in the studio about what they were going to play. Now there's a format coming out of Philadelphia, 
It's coming out. It gets all the stations get it that subscribe to it. It's like could be like three hundred stations all playing exactly the same thing. No, and yeah, it's horrible. You know, so that's it's. You're like, in rotation on some of those stations. It's programming. So. Yeah, 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 it's programming. Yeah. I, I I feel dizzy already from the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> But there was a but at the time that you know you did um, you did the stuff with uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, and that that there was a shifting of the guard. Like I think that what what you speak to and what I'm experiencing as well is that nobody's on the same page really. Everyone can pick their own page, and it doesn't matter if the page is bullshit or not. But it seemed that somehow or another you guys were able to get through because the corporations that were in charge of the music business wanted to sell records for kids, and you guys got out what you wanted to say. Yeah, because because kids were listening to the radio stations, right? And then and then around the time of Woodstock, yeah, corp, you know, Amer- business realized, wow, there's a whole generation of people here. The five hundred thousand of them came to listen to these bands. Yeah, we got to start making commercials with bands in them, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and we got to get ourselves in, involved in. Got We got to sell out the sixties. Yeah, we got to make hap- make this happen. We can use this energy, and right. that's what happened. And. And that's the that's the way it goes, you know. But those records that you continue to make, that you know, even you know, after after everyone knows there's no after the gold rush, harvest, time fades away, that these these records that happened that were intimate records, and that like later became you know these revered classics, you had had already pulled away from collective consciousness in a way to do your own thing, right? Well, like, you know, I wasn't thinking about it that way. Well, you think I about just that way didn't now. I want to do what I did before. Yeah, and I wanted to keep changing and trying things. And the, the what they call who gave it the name the 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 ditch trilogy? Oh, I don't know. Somebody, <laughs> not me. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Does that bother you? No, it, that, you know that's what it's for. You you if I can make things and put them out there, yeah, then it's up to other people to decide what they are. That's not what I, my job is not to decide. Sure, you're the artist. I just want to create it. And what do you think that you know like a. Uh, 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 an album like On the Beach and Tonight's the Night, or, or Tonight's the Night, that the 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 story around that record was that it was it was very um, played all at once, right? You didn't. You, it wasn't a lot of time you spent in the studio. No, and it was a direct uh, reaction to the loss of your friend Danny, right? Yeah, Danny and Bruce, both of them. Yeah, two people. And, you know, it was sort of, I think, a realization culturally at that time of the of, you know, how horrible heroin was as well. Well, yeah. And, and you know, Danny and Bruce were just two that I knew. I mean, you know, sure. It's, it's everybody. That's and what it was. About, and it, and at that time that it was it was really all over the place. Right. That was after the six, the crashing of the 60s. There was a crash going on. Yeah. And it, and Hendrix, it, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, um, yeah, it's just real feelings. So he's people were friends of mine I, yeah. I worked with them and had great times with them and admired them and, and and there was nothing you could do to stop them no that's the that's the most fucked up thing about that that's shit. A, it's bad so you know i reacted to it and just like i'm reacting to things now it's just sure. same thing the same guy yeah same mo same damn thing yeah nothing unpredictable about it at all it's the same thing over and over and over again. Right, in, in your heart. But like the only thing that's unpredictable is how you're going to handle it with your creativity, which is what you like to do. Well, yeah, that's that's I don't know that either. Right. So, you know. Yeah. You know what, album? I just got recently I picked up the uh, the Rockabilly record. Oh, oh, that's a wild record. It is, man. Yeah. I mean, that, that was like a, a sort of an interesting time there. Those, those I did a uh, record before that either. I don't know what it was. It was what, Trans? Trans? 
Yeah, and a guy from a record company said, Neil, why don't you just play some rock and roll, man? Why don't you just get, you know, just do your thing? <laughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and you just did your thing. Yeah, I did. And you said, Fuck here, you. here you go. When you do something like that, that was sort of like, isn't that you paying a, a somewhat of a homage to what you know what you grew up with? I mean, isn't that isn't that there? You're yeah, like kind it's of fun music to play, kind of right? It was, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, it was a culmination of things. You know, working on that one. Yeah. What? You, what like what? Well, I thought at that point uh, in my life that, uh, and I was still very young. Yeah. I was. I said, well, here I'm walking down a hallway now. And, I am in my painting period, uh-huh. and uh, and I'm going to do all these different, uh, you know, yeah. there's going to be different uh, times, uh-huh. different characters and different pictures. For, for like a few records, you mean? Well, each record was a different one, and they just, they're there. Starting at like Reactor? Somewhere, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But you just said, why not just fucking explore it all and go yeah, into different just, beings? Uh, I can do whatever I, I need to do now, because it doesn't, you know, I've... I, there's no sense in doing things over again. Yeah. I'd seen, I I saw a lot of people doing things over and over again, and it didn't work for them. No, no, because... A lot, I, the, a lot the, of them didn't even live. I mean, they just, they lost what it was they had. Because the record company pressured to repeat themselves. Whatever. I don't know if yeah. the record company or, or their own soul fear. or their own manager or their wife or, or what. Or fear. I have no idea. Sure. And it may be that they just wanted to stay where they were because they succeeded. Any number of reasons to repeat yourself. And you just never they want nothing to do with that. Well, I've been, like I said, in my own way, I've been doing the same thing over and over again for my whole life, which is just doing well, what I want to do. Right, you but know? you have a, a voice. You have a, not the voice voice, but a, you are as point a Point of be, view. Yeah. I have a point of view. And it changes all the time, but it's mine. That's right. But uh, so, <laughs> you know what it is? It's style. Like, you know, there are there are certain, even if it's a note, even if you're doing something like, if I listen to trans, there's a melody there that I know is you. Yeah, okay. So you're a melody. What am I? It's not. It's point of view, but it's a tone. It's a Neil yeah, Young there's a, tone. Yeah, there's a, there's something in there. I can re, I can still remember doing the trans stuff and having people boo me when I when I would do that. I'd put on the little microphone and sing through the machine with the vocoder, and uh-huh. we'd be playing them. Somebody playing the melody that I'm singing, and I'm enunciating the words, and the melody's coming out of my mouth through the machine, kind of thing. It was like, and you know, it was all based on not being on my son not being able to talk. Yeah. 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 Okay. I had a son who couldn't talk. Okay. He can't do anything. He can't move. Yeah. You know. So. Yeah. Uh, you know. I was trying to get through to him. Oh uh, well, I was trying to represent what that must be like. Right. So I was trying to get through to the audience in a way where they knew that they couldn't understand what I was doing. It's just like my son trying to talk to me. Yeah. And do you like over the years? Like I imagine, do you do you have a way of communicating with him? Oh yeah. No, yeah. we're very. Uh, so it's just comes in the eyes and sounds yeah. and body language and that's zeke no that's that's ben. ben ben that's ben yeah ben's the one who's uh ben's a quadriplegic yeah and you and he still travels with you everywhere yes he goes with me on the road as much as he can yeah and it's sort of uh like uh is he's your best audience i'd imagine he's great he's yeah. a great i just like to travel with him he enjoys traveling yeah you know he's in a moving vehicle and, yeah you know he's always in a wheelchair you know so just to be jostled around in a moving vehicle and flying down the road i mean for him that's a, it's a great experience and, he loves it and trans was sort of a way for you to try to understand a way for me to emulate what it must be like to be trying to talk and not have a voice to be trying to communicate and not have what it is that people expected you to do mm-hmm. and you're still trying to get through and that's what all that record is I mean, yeah I'm yeah in, i'm in that machine yeah yeah trying to get out of the machine to get through and some people just were going, what the heck is going on? Fuck right? them. Yeah. They, uh, 
and I'm going, this is it. Here we are. This is good. <laughs> you know? And then, you know, two albums later, you do a country record. You know, yeah, and that, I, I worked that shit out. I like that. I figured that out. Yeah. I, I, and now yeah. I'm moving on. I've always, uh, I've always loved music, and I like all kinds of music, and I have no, uh, I'm not trying to be, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like somebody said to me when I did that, that, well, you know, people they don't trust you because uh, you know they they <laughs> think you you change styles. And yeah, it's like so they can't believe you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm going well, you know, that's that's okay. Yeah, that's I don't, they don't have to. They'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. either that or they won't. But yeah. I don't have to worry about it. Let them go listen to the old records <laughs> if they or, want to. Yeah, or or maybe one, three, or four down the line. Who knows? Somebody will hit. Sometime bound to connect up with them again. The experience of 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 living with a with a kid that had that difficulty, like I I don't know the the pain or joy of that, but there there must be uh, not unlike your your sort of open mindedness around engaging animals and engaging the world and, and having fearlessness, there must be a, 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 a some sort of understanding of of Ben's joy that is something that you couldn't even access that you know the well, way he feels saying he's just a great human being and I, I I love him and I know he loves me and we enjoy a lot of things together uh, but he you know and he has so many things that we would consider to be hard things to deal with right. But that's the way he's always been. Uh-huh. So when I see people complaining about struggling to get something where they can't get it, I'm going, oh, man, I I think that, you know, yeah. I've seen people with yeah. a lot bigger problems. In my family. Yeah, yeah. I've just, <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen this. And, uh, you know, so I just have another perspective on and it. You're, and you have another son that has some problems as well? Well, you know, he's he's been, uh, he, he, he's he got cerebral palsy. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, but he's a very, uh, you know, he's, he gets around great. Yeah. And he's a very smart, very smart man. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. he, he's uh, incredibly brilliant at the things he does. And you have a daughter too. That's yeah, an artist. Yeah she's, yeah, she's an artist. She's great. It's great. Yeah. A couple other things. I, I, I it's, I, it's, uh, it's hard because I know there's like so many huge Neil Young nerds out there, and like if I don't cover, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're never going to do that anyway. You'll that, never satisfy everybody. That, I, I know. I can't. Just and do I, what you want to do yourself. You know, that's going to work. Well, I'd like to know like uh, <laughs> a, a, about the the film work as well. That you know, working on Dead Man, which is a fucking masterpiece. That, Isn't that a great movie? It's Unbelievable a great movie. movie. I can't believe it. And the soundtrack's yeah. amazing. Well, thank you. I, you know, like I told Jim uh, Jarmish, I said, Jim, this this is a classic. You don't even need a soundtrack, right? This could be a silent movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. still a classic. You can't miss with this movie. This is a great movie. Yeah. And he said, Well, I really want you to play on it. You know, so I, I did. But was what was amazing about it was that you know the instrument, like to really hear you, you know, like just space it out like that. Yeah. Like it was like a, it was like some it was a way that I know I had not heard you. You know, right. to to where you're just you're know, honoring the what's going on on screen, but it's so clearly your shit. You know yeah. what I mean? But it wasn't you know all about you know what you were doing. Yeah. I stood in a room about three times the size of this yeah. room, with about thirty television sets, and they were all playing the movie. And I had all my instruments in there. It's maybe five times the size of this space, but I had all my instruments, and I just watched the movie. And we did it twice, and yeah, and I just played all of that live. Yeah, we did it twice, and we ended up using. The end of the first one and the beginning of the second one uh-huh. up to that. And that was the soundtrack for the whole thing. And you've like you've done other film work, too. I mean, well, I mean, Demi works with you over and over again to do the concert movies. Yeah, we did some of that. And you did, uh, did you do some with Dean Stockwell, too? Uh, we did Human Highway. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. I need oh, you got to check it. that one out. Yeah? 
Yeah, I recommend that one. Yeah, wait, wait, I think wait. you'll enjoy that one. You're still friends with him, right? Who, Dean? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I love Dean. It's, he goes. You guys go way back. I love that you have these relationships. Back to Topanga in the '60s. But now that pretty pretty distant back there. But he was he was already a big success by the time I met him. You yeah, know, he was already rocking and rolling. And what was his? How did you? How? What's the story on uh, uh, after the Gold Rush? It was based on a screenplay that yeah, he a screenplay wrote? that he wrote with uh, 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 Herb Berman. Uh huh. Yeah. And you read it. I read it and I wrote all the songs and, then and it never got made. And it never got made. Right? What, and here's another thing that that I ended up doing this morning was that I saw Out of the Blue, the Dennis Hopper film. Oh man, that's a dark, <sighs> dark film. Holy that? shit, great man! Film though. I saw it when it came out when I was in college in Boston. And you, like, did they ask? Did you screen that movie before? Because they used a song in it. Yeah, no, I it's Dennis. I said, yeah, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were friends with him too. Yeah, he was an intense guy. Very real art. That is a dark film. It's I have not seen or heard of it in a long time. Oh, it's a big, very, it's, it's, it's a classic. It's a little, yeah. It's it's, it's brutal classic. and it's a classic. Yeah. Now, what if I can ask? Do your relationship with um, with Willie Nelson? He's like you know he's a real country dude, and you guys are obviously pretty good friends. And you know you have your hearts in a lot of the same places. Now, yeah. when you put together Farm Aid, when you got you and, and Mellencamp and, and Willie Nelson. That that still goes on. That 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 yeah, that that's continuing on. Yeah, and yes. and and the fight now is mostly against genetic engineering, or what is the well, fight? It's about educating people about the food that they eat mm-hmm. and uh, the choices that we have, yeah, and the way that the earth is is uh, damaged by certain things. You know, this industrial farming is very bad for the for the earth. Yeah, it's not like good. Yeah, it's not what makes things go on forever. It's yeah, not, depleting. It's, it's very taxing on the planet, all of that stuff, the way they're doing it. But they own it. It doesn't make more food. That's, that's a myth. Yeah. It's like well, not, we're not feeding the world. The, the world is basically, a lot of the world is starving, and we're yeah. not feeding the world with these chemicals. What they are doing is they're controlling things. And subsidies as well, where you just like get all this stuff. If, if they're making cat litter out of corn, there's a problem. If there are people starving and they're making cat litter out of corn, yeah. somehow something's wrong. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of things wrong. <laughs> but it's, it's the way it goes. And what, and, and what about performing like with, um, there's something about, performing like you know what what people call garage band you like to fucking play rock and roll That's and the, yes and you know the, the the there's something about performing live and performing as as real and in the moment as possible on records that that is what it, it's really about and that what that what it's that's always what it's been about yeah and this uh, and earth is a is a real representation of that yeah that record really is Really good bands, really good band playing together. Yeah. Having a great time and improvising all the way through it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what about with Pearl Jam? Did you like playing with those I guys? I playing with them. It was fun. It's just, it's just like rock and roll, man, yeah, right? Yeah, And your guitar sound, like how long did it, I mean, that's a dumb geek question, but you know, when did you arrive on that, man? Because that's another thing that stays pretty consistent. When you're playing electric guitar, well, 19, I know it's you. 19, well, you know, like the way it is now really started in the mid-70s. Yeah. But before that, I just, I had the same guitar and the same amp. I just right. didn't put the gizmos in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. To break it up, to make it, you know. I just didn't add the other things to it and the motors and all that stuff that, you know. Yeah. And, de- okay, two other records and we're done. The, uh, is what? that all I got left? Two more records? Oh, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> you're, 
I, I, th- I think you're I, making uh, somehow. Was like, who was that? Said two more records <laughs> yeah, and you're done. I shouldn't Neil. have done that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shit! He, who he was that? Put Wait the hex minute. on me. Put the curse on me. <laughs> no, but the uh, the Greendale record dealing with all of these issues that you find important, but making uh, you know almost a, a stage play out of it and, yeah. and building it around yeah. uh, you know a family and around the, the struggles of that. And it, was that totally conceived? It just it, Was that a one thing that you were thinking of? Well, you know, all these projects kind of go together. That, yeah. that project is a lot like Tonight's the Night yeah. uh, because it was the same kind of a thing. It's a story. There's a thing in there yeah. and uh, that that I'm talking about all the way through it. And, and uh, Greendale I wrote in my car on the way to the studio every day. Mm-hmm. I'd be... What were you recording? I was recording the song Green. The oh, you were doing, oh, so you're writing. So every that day, day I go to the studio. I drive across the ranch in my special deluxe Plymouth. Yeah, and I stop, and I'd start writing the songs. And then when I couldn't think of anything more, I'd drive another hundred yards and stop again. <laughs> new location, new new information. Yeah, yeah. So I was pretty sure that where I was on the planet made a big difference to what I was getting. Yeah. So I tried to see, well, how how, how far do I have to go, really? Very far, or is it, you know, like miles, <laughs> or is it feet? <laughs> so just... I had my writing tablet, and that's how I wrote every song on that, on that album. Uh-huh. I would get up in the morning and play a few chords, and that would be the basis of the song, the first things that I played. Yeah. I wouldn't think about it. I'd just pick it up, and whatever happened, I'd just go, okay, I'm going to do that over and over again. That's the song. Then I'd write the words on the way over, and then we'd develop the song in the studio and finish it that night. That's how I did Greendale. Yeah. And then yeah. the stage play was created, was you was collaborated? the story, because yeah. the story is told in the song. Right. And Prairie Wind was a, 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 a sort of a, a eulogy record, was it? Prairie Wind was a, a unique uh, record because it was... When I found out, I was in New York, and we were doing something. I think I was supposed to go and be at the... Hall of Fame in Canada or something. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting in the hotel, and I had a couple of incidents with my vision. Yeah. And then I went to a doctor, and they found a brain aneurysm. Yeah. And then they decided that, well, I'm going to have to have this taken out. And I said, well, okay, I have an operation on my brain. And they said, yeah, we're going to do that. And I said, well, you know, we got a really good guy to do this. Yeah. And when can we get in and do yeah. it? You know, so it was like eight or nine days away. Yeah. So I went to Nashville. Yeah. I took started taking the drugs that they gave me, which are like slowed me way down. Yeah. I went to Nashville and uh, recorded, wrote and recorded Prairie Wind in Nashville during those eight days. So that was so a, it was like a it just could in feel case like record. a eulogy, but it just felt like I'd like to uh, say a few things you know, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> One never yeah. knows. Do had, one. Had your dad passed <laughs> along, around that time as well? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a lot going on. Yeah. yeah mortality yeah. record. Yeah. Yeah. That was, but that was the just. It was, in, it was a passing study of it. Yeah. Yeah. The just in case record. Yeah. Kind of. But you know, <laughs> uh, it's uh, better late than never kind of record. And they, and they, right. <laughs> <laughs> Then not at all, too. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you know, I'm so far late as working for me. <laughs> yeah, keep it late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do, do you, uh, do, how, how, you know, outside of the songs and outside of working this stuff out, you know, the processing these emotions and music, you know, do you, uh, do you occupy yourself with that, with much of that mortality thought? Not really. I mean, you know, it creeps in every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm 70. Yeah. So it's bound to creep in. You know, yeah, every yeah. once in a while, I see a little glimmer of light around my field of vision. Sure. Not Who's yet. there? <laughs> <laughs> Who's there? Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not Go ready. Go on, get out of here. I'm recording. <laughs> get back in your box. <laughs> exactly. That's why you keep working. Like, you can't do it at work. I'm working. Look, I'm looking at all your little gizmos on the floor down I here. I get for those for your guitar playing gizmos. They they give them to me. I don't. Those, I'm the, are I'm those pr- plugins? Is that what they are? No, they're they're guitar plugins. Yeah, oh. those are uh, you know effects boxes, and uh, Earthquaker sends them to me, and I don't know what to do with them. I'm a. You I'm know a, what they are? They're really the new digital version yeah. of of the kind of shit that I had in my. And I got all that stuff that I've got. I got old analog things. Yeah, fuzz pedals and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Even you know older, like original fuzz tones. Yeah. That don't have a pedal, but. You know, it's just the sound. And, yeah, yeah. And so I'm wired in and out of them, and I yeah. got it all wired into that thing on my yeah uh, that my I can hit with my feet. I got a whole bunch of selections, but I'm the only one who knows what they are because they're yeah. not labeled. And they're not they're not digital. No, none of them are. They're, they're all uh, early. You yeah, know, yeah. These it, are all new things that they yeah. send me, and I like I'm just a, a bedroom guitar player, yeah, and not just a yeah, hobbyist. I mean, there's there's echo in there. There's, yeah, a, sure. there's a repeat. There's and phasers. I, I got and I got buzzers. analog tape machines running inside a box under my amp and you do yeah it's always blowing up and they bring out another one and fix the tape and everything it's it's great it's a constant battle just to get through the show and have the amp (laughs) hang in there it's so fantastic i mean what a great relationship yeah that's the excitement of it are we gonna make it it is Is or not yeah or is the whole thing gonna is this the night it's gonna like explode and catch on fire A, my guess, amp goes to twelve. Yeah, you got and it, it. It's not. It's a. It's a regular production amp. Yeah. I don't know how it happened. Right. You know, Spinal Tap. The joke is the joke. But yeah, you got yeah. It, you I got, got my amp says twelve. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It's not like I'm not even saying anything. So it's that a, well that that locks into it right there. That 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 the way you approach life is exactly that where it's sort of like I don't know if it's going to make it through. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I'm not sure. Yeah, that's you a, know, I've heard these cars are great just before they blow up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the motor sounds great. It, it just, never ran so good. Yeah, and then it's uh, oh, boom. Yeah, but that but that's the edge, man. That's the edge, right? It's well, nice it, to live there. That's it's, where it feels alive. I hope. I hope that you know it's a long cruise. Yeah, it's going well. So what? <laughs> what? But what? What is the commitment to analog and the machinery? I mean, I'm with you on just that. Just the tone, like, man. Just the all, tone. It's, it's the expression. It's real. Mm-hmm. It's real. It's the real deal. And it's a know, relationship. I grew up with that. Right. The relationship with the equipment, not the illusion of the chip. It's no, a, no, the know. chip is the re, is the replacement. Mm-hmm. It's the simulation. Mm-hmm. Everything's simulated, copied, mm-hmm. and you know the original stuff is still rocks. Yeah, it's the fucking you shit. Know. Yeah, it is, and that's why you know the old the, the vinyl of the of Earth sounds like God. It's amazing, but so does the high res Pono version. Yeah, and the CD sounds pretty good, but under, other than that, I I I don't even sell it. Yeah, and I will say to your listeners because sure. this is an, a podcast. Yeah. If you want to get it, you know, if if they if they, I think they play the whole album on title in a couple of weeks. Yeah, go on to title and just record it off a of title. Sure, it's going to be forty four one. Yeah, so that way everybody can get it. Ready? Because I'm not selling that. I'm not selling the MP3. Yeah, we're just about ready. We're going to do it. I'm going to have one more question. When I start talking like that, my manager shows up. He's <laughs> nervous. Yeah. yeah, he is. Hey, don't give it away. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> no, we want everybody to have it. I don't give a shit. Time. Yeah, it's like How I can't you sell with Elliot. I can't sell that crap. How Somebody else has to. You go make it yourself and take it home. Fifty years. 
50 years with that guy. Not he, easy for him. No, it's uh, and not <laughs> easy for him either. So the, I guess the, the, the in closing, Neil, uh, do you uh, are you a spiritual man? Do you consider yourself that? I must be. I'm a, a, a maybe a pagan though. Sure, that's all right, and that's yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, I I I got nothing against God or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I prefer to to think of God as the Great Spirit. Yeah, because I I just don't like the. Uh, I don't like the pictures. Yeah. I don't like the pictures and the stories that yeah, much. Yeah, I don't yeah. subscribe to yeah. the to that to the. But I I recognize everyone has a right to have a story yeah. that they can believe in that kind of organizes things for them, gives them something to relate to. Uh-huh. But I don't think people should profit off of that. I think sure. that should be just something that that you have out for and that you can keep to yourself yeah, or yeah, not. Yeah, right. You can do it yourself, but that's just my view. All right. Well, I guess that's that's good. You feel all right about it? I feel good. Oh, did I do all right? I think you did great. That oh. list you got over there, I think you've covered, you know, at least three or four of the things on the list. The uh, oh, the last waltz. Well, that you did that. That was fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, for as far as I remember, it was great. <laughs> that I was up for 48 hours when I did that one. I was like, I got a little out of control. I started that that day in Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. And I did two shows. Right. Then I stayed up all night. And then I flew. Doing the drugs? Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty shaky. Yeah. And then I got, you know, that was probably one of the low points of the high points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know people say that you're pretty fucked up. You look like you're having a good time. I was doing all right. I was kind of grinding my jaw a little bit. <laughs> It's kind of like on ice. <laughs> and, it was not good. And captured for posterity. Yeah, right. Why not? <laughs> there it is. That's what it looks like. Oh, uh, well, you lived, man. It's it's great that the all thing you... is I didn't continue doing that, but yeah, that made a difference to the living. Yeah, to yeah, the yeah, living sure. Part, yeah, know. definitely. Well, you know, the, the guys that uh, you know, like you and Clapton and Crosby and and fucking Stills and you know, the, a lot of the. Real warriors and great artists are still around. I know a lot of them are gone, but you guys all went pretty hard. Yeah. And you did Music right. is good for you. Thanks for talking, Neil. All right. Wow. Yeah, so that was uh that was me and Neil Young. It was a it was an it was a, it was one of those interviews where it happens a lot with with the uh with the giants. The music, the heroes, where I, you know, I get, I get a little like, oh my god, I'm talking to Neil Young, and yeah, you know, I was, I, I was nervous about it, and I, and, I, and that happens to me after, I, after the interview, I was like, oh, how did that go? Was that okay? And and uh, a friend of mine, I'll, I'll just share the story with you. A buddy of mine was at a, a family get together, and he was talking to uh, someone who was on set for a Dan Rather interview. That happened at Neil Young's house the afternoon of the day that he came to my house. And apparently they were like setting up lights and stuff when Neil got there. And Dan Rather was just, you know, trying to make small talk with him to pass the time. And he asked him, uh, what have you been doing today? And I guess Neil said, I just had this great interview. Some guy named Mark. We did it in his garage. And, and apparently Dan Rather asked him what made it great. And Neil said... He was fearless. He wasn't afraid to fail. He didn't need to know all the answers. And so we, we actually had a conversation. I wouldn't even call it an interview. Neil Young said that. And I, I got to be honest, I, you know, it's the best praise I could get. Because I, I, I barely call myself a, an interviewer. I call them talks. 
Go to WTFPod.com for all the WTF Pod stuff. You can go to WTFPod.com slash tour for uh, my dates that are coming up. What else? Let's play some guitar a little bit for Neil. lives. 